On this week's episode, it's a return for Blade Runner and Constantine. What's discovered in the minds of Moria? And why is PlayStation so mad at Xbox over Call of Duty? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, The Happy Hoarder, and everything that we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, including the fact that we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer right out there on Facebook. If you go ahead and support all that, plus the many things that we do at Pop Culture Cosmos, because we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every day at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you can, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own man of Numenor from the Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at pop culture cosmos popculturecosmos.com the happy hoarder everything that he's doing today for his great show the super ps games cast and of course his amazing book which is called congratulations you suck which you can get right now at amazon and barnes noble it is my good friend it is josh peterson what's up man what is up what's going on man how you doing I'm doing all right. I'm just excited because some of the things that we have been hoping for for a long time have come to fruition in the past few days. Yeah, a lot of unexpected things have gone down. But we got a great show lined up for you. On the back end, I do want to mention that Hamanish Goel will be stopping by as we cover the growing movie industry in the country of India and why Hollywood is now looking at Bollywood for a lot more. Plus also as well, what to watch coming up this week, the latest seasons for The Handmaid's Tale, the final season for Atlanta, Fletch has returned. We'll talk about that. Plus we'll be talking a little bit about Tokyo Game Show, who was there and who was not, Lord of the Rings, episode four, and a major controversy that was sparked by PlayStation over Call of Duty. That's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend... Yeah, 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 some great news, because not only officially was Blade Runner 2099, which is the sequel to Blade Runner 2049, the movie, it was officially announced in production as a series for Amazon. Not only was that greenlit, but also a Constantine movie, a sequel with Keanu Reeves. Now they ditched the series that they were developing for HBO Max, but you get the return of a much beloved, very well thought of now movie for it, 
it wasn't exactly well thought of at the time, but I think it has aged rather well. I enjoy it. A lot of the characters you may be able to bring back. Your thoughts on a return of Constantine and Blade Runner back to to the world of entertainment. I had no idea until like I checked text messages that night and you had sent me that thing. Well, the 2099, you, you and I had mentioned that uh, one of the trade papers had dropped news that they were thinking about going ahead and bringing that back to life. So that the Blade Runner part was something that was not as unexpected. The Constantine, that was part of the Friday news dump. That was something that was quite surprising with Keanu Reeves returning that role, especially after what happened with the latest Matrix movie and how poorly mm-hmm. that was received. I am truly surprised that that is back underway. Looking at The Matrix, I don't really think it has anything to do with Keanu Reeves. I think that that was just a movie that nobody wanted. It came out and... Well, if it was good, probably a lot of people would have wanted it. If it was good, but I mean, they really mined that universe dry. I mean, I know we've talked about that before, but they mined that universe dry. So there really wasn't any more story to tell from that point forward. But with Constantine, like, there's a whole rich history and a whole bunch of mythology that has not been talked about so yeah i mean it's great that they made that announcement that he's coming back you know and it, it was unexpected because for so long we've had all these this talk about projects featuring constantine you know whether it's matt ryan is going to be playing in justice league dark or colin farrell is going to be playing the new constantine or there's going to be something added into the dcu or it's an hbo max show or whatever it might be there's been a lot of talk about it but no wheels have ever started turning on it and i know that with the kiana reeves renaissance we talked about it, we're like oh yeah it'd be cool if they did that but i honestly had no idea that this was even something they were discussing well it just seems to me that it is like you said cashing in on somewhat of the keanu reeves revival the keanu sans mm-hmm. per se as far as a lot of the other projects not named matrix have been very successful for him obviously the john wick series going into john wick 4 next year has been a truly great success and a revival of source for keanu reeves so he is still thought of as a box office star right now so i think yeah. that now is the time to do it i do not expect though that with whatever happens with this DC universe coming up in Flashpoint, how it's rewritten or whatever the future is going forward that they decide, because I haven't updated on the show, but the individual that they had picked as the person overseeing the DC universe, the future Kevin Feige, the -hmm. DC version of it anyways, has decided not to take that position. So it's still up in the air exactly who will be leading this future for the DC universe. Whatever is made out of it, I don't expect Keanu Reeves to be a part of it. Maybe John Constantine played by someone else, but I don't think Keanu Reeves would be in this role too much outside of a major movie like this. So do you think that they're going to incorporate him into the DCU, or do you think there's going to be like one of those Joker-type flicks? I just think it's going to be, like you said, another one of those Joker-type flicks, but uh, I have a feeling that they may introduce the character Constantine, but it will not be Keanu Reeves. I really think Keanu Reeves would not be interested in playing this role a number of times. I think Keanu Reeves has been approached with an idea on doing this again, and he liked it, so he's going to go for it. He's not doing this, I'm assuming, for the cash or anything he just enjoyed working on Constantine and enjoys the character I don't foresee him 
doing this a whole lot more times per mm -hmm. se, but I do see him doing this at least one more time. And hopefully it'll have much more success than the matrix resurrections. I'm going to take the opposite stance here. Like I uh -oh. think that with him doing so many John wick films, I don't think that it's outside the realm of possibility for him to take something in the DCU. I don't, I don't foresee that being an issue. Like I would love to see a justice league dark movie with Constantine. Well, you know, there was always rumors that he and Kevin Feige have been talking about him being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's just something that I'm looking forward to seeing with Keanu Reeves himself being a part of maybe the DCEU and maybe even the MCU going forward. That, how cool would that be, though, to see like, you know, if they were to do a... Well, he's been talked about as Ghost Rider. Has he? Okay. But I mean, how rad would it be, though, for them to go ahead and finish like the Dark Side saga and have Constantine involved in it? You know, because yeah, that's how, remember the, uh, what was it, the Apocalypse War, or whatever that, the animated flick was where Constantine was like the main character. Uh, I think it would be great. I just don't see him playing this role a number of times. You may be able to get him involved in doing some cameos within the DCU. I just don't see him spending an inordinate amount of time with this character outside of Constantine the movie or a sequel to that if this movie does well if this future Constantine does well and revives the Constantine brand as far as a standalone entity I could see him doing a sequel for that but maybe that's the case that will green light for him possibility of a DCEU future but I don't know man I, I just don't think that I would count on it too much because I know he's got a series that he's in the works with doing. There's John Wick 4, like I said, and we don't know if it's going to finish with John Wick 4 or John Wick 5. He's yeah. got a lot on his plate, man. It's not like he's just doing this. He's always been good, though, at, at like knowing what the fans want and delivering. I enjoyed the movie at the time. I've enjoyed it more in the times I've seen it since because I've seen it more than once now over the course of the mm -hmm. years. I've enjoyed it more for what it is now, I think, than I, even what I did then. I think a lot of people have come to grown to have grown to enjoy it over the years. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the return to this role. But I'm hoping they can bring all the characters back that were such a great part of this movie as well. I'm hoping they can bring everyone back that was a part of it so do you foresee them getting shia labeouf back well he's the one that died well sorry spoilers he's the one that died <laughs> i don't know if i i see him getting him because you know he was a, a his character died and b he would probably be well i'd say he'd probably be a little bit hard to get because we you know a lot of stuff is going on with his life right now but rachel vice timon Honsu. Demon is doing stuff for the DCU with what's going on with Shazam. So he's already doing stuff yeah. already than that. Yeah. But Rachel Weiss, you know, she is a tremendous actress. She could be still part of it. You could have Peter Stormare, who played the role of the devil in the movie. Tilda Swinton, you know, she's a great actress. Obviously, she played a key role in it as well, and her character survived. So Shia LaBeouf is, I think, the only one that I probably would say is a safe bet not to return. Blade Runner 2099. Yeah, last thoughts on that? What do you think this show is going to be about? Like, do you think it's going to pick up the like the story of Ryan Gosling's character? Because it's it's not 2049, it's 2099. So. 
that would technically put he could live because he he, he is could, but spoilers he's it, an android yeah but they would not be able to close off harrison ford's story chances are he'd be dead by that time so yeah. i'm curious like what is this going to cover you know well, we're looking unless harrison ford was an android mm. it's always been talked about uh, it's possible in fact, actually, Ridley Scott stated that he was. You never know. But, but this yeah, is think... like one of those things where they go and they like retcon, you know, old stuff. Just like J.K. Rowling's done this a lot with Harry Potter characters. Like just because, oh, this would be cool if it's something the audience wants. But I just am curious about where they're going to take it. But there was a rebellion that was forming at the end of Blade Runner 2049. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that part of it they will probably go ahead and either branch out or resolve in some form or fashion, or they may extend it into that series and make it the basis of that series. But obviously they have a good idea worked out with it. Ridley Scott is going to be an executive producer on it. So I think it's a great way to finally tie up all those loose ends with Blade Runner. This is actually going to be a series and not a movie. So I think it's a great idea and I'm looking forward to it when it appears on Amazon. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Mr. Witch and Mr. Light have an agreement with a group of hags who call themselves the Hourglass Coven. You see, they can come and go into the Witchlight Carnival as they please to steal from naughty patrons. But what happens when those patrons come back years later looking for those lost things? Find out as Wizards and Wine takes on the wild beyond the witchlight. Two tables playing through the same adventure. One table more thoughtful, kind, and bold in their actions. The other table more decisive, more adventurous, a little more prone to taking risks. The actions of each table influences the gameplay of the other. Find out how it all shakes out with Wizards and Wine, the wild beyond the witchlight. You can catch the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, and you can catch the live stream on Mondays. Find us on YouTube and Facebook. We hope to see you at the carnival very soon. So I know we're going to kind of like split topics here. The Lord of the Rings last night reached a point where the formatting became an issue to me. Like the whole, I have to end every episode with a cliffhanger. Like that bogged the last night's episode down a little bit they're taking notes from a lot of other shows including game of thrones when they do that knowing this do you think that blade runner is going to suffer from that whole thing because blade runner's like pacing is what it's so great about those movies is that the pacing is so well put together and the the revelations are all everything's meant to build up to one final revelation but when you have to have every episode lead into some kind of revelation to make you want to watch the next episode. Is it going to suffer from pacing issues like last night's Lord of the Rings did? I hope not. But again, this is entertainment in Hollywood and you are trying to stretch this last part of the Blade Runner story out. I'm expecting only one season of it, but you know, what if it does really well? What if Amazon wants to greenlight another season for it? Who knows? But I'm assuming it's just going to be one season as far as the telling of this final part, this final chapter of the Blade Runner story. But I have a feeling that you will see this type of scenario because they feel it leads the, the viewers into watching another episode if you leave them with a cliffhanger. Right, right. Yeah, but I mean, 
I don't know. It's just. It I mean, we of... see it on all these shows, man. Stranger Things. You know, every popular show we see them always end on the cliffhanger each and every week. I know. It's just like it. It rubs me the wrong way a little bit. You know, this is where I'm like torn. Like, do I want something to be told through a streaming service, or would I rather just have it as a movie? Because like after Friday's episode, of Lord of the Rings, I was like, okay, see, this is where I would rather have all this done in a movie as opposed to a streaming show is blade runner going to do that same thing i'm sure it's going to follow many of the same footsteps but just glad that they're going to be putting it out in a format at all i'm just happy for the smaller things i'm just glad that the story that you and i have been touting since we've known each other since since we've been doing this show since 2016 we've been touting how good the world of Blade Runner is and encouraging people right and left. I've had arguments over how well the Blade Runner storyline is for both the original movie and 2049. I've had arguments over this about how well it's done. Our all-time top 20 movies. Guess where it's at? You can go to popculturecosmos.com right now and see where it lands for me as far as the Blade Runner universe is concerned. I'm not going to throw spoilers there, but it's pretty darn high. So for us, we have just had a, such an affinity with this series. I'm just glad to see it any type of format. I understand a movie would be better, but Josh, after the box office performance of Blade Runner 2049, I don't think Amazon was willing to go ahead and finance a movie end of it, but to bring it out in a series, they're just looking for that type of content for their prime format. I think that's probably the best thing we're going to get. Same thing with Mass Effect. If it ever does get announced for what was rumored to be for amazon i'm assuming that that's they just wanted to put it out in a more bankable for them series format it's a shame that the original blade runner came out when it did i know it was like a masterpiece of filmmaking helped put ridley scott on top but it's such an amazing story it feels like it's wasted on today's audience having not come out today but also, I don't think that it could have been released today because... Yeah, it's so visionary for its time. It's That's so visionary it's for its... Right. But the story is so like complicated and philosophical. And I just... I don't think that modern audiences... And this might... And I'm not trying to sound snobby or anything, but modern audiences, like they don't have the attention span for it. We yeah. live in a time of instant gratification. Like I have to have this mystery solved now. There has to be an explosion every five seconds. There's no movies being released anymore. We have to sit there and like truly think about what's going on. But the Blade Runner universe is something that I'm hoping will be extended at least this one time with a series to bring a finality and hopefully a close to this Blade Runner saga with Blade Runner 2099. So I'm hoping for some good things, but I'm just happy. Like I said, Constantine, Blade Runner 2099, two properties you and I have been championing for quite some time. You've been championing, of course, Constantine for quite some time. So I'm happy for you. Blade Runner is something we've both been talking about for quite a while. So I'm glad to see people will get a chance to relive these universes in the not too distant future. It'll be great to go back, but, you know, let's hope for profitability, I guess, so that it is something that, you know, was worth the studio's time. Absolutely. So what are your thoughts out there on Blade Runner 2099 and Constantine? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about what's going on with 
Lord of the Rings episode four. You said you had some issues with it. I still think it was a, a pretty good episode. Not quite as well as what was going on, but it's still leagues above what I'm watching with Game of Thrones. Sorry, Game of Thrones fans. Game of Thrones is still, to me, just like checking the boxes. The usual Game of Thrones standard stuff. Not really that much outside the box. Lord of the Rings still has its moments when it really charms. It actually envisions in this episode, spoilers, that there are going to be a fall of Numenor, which we already know is going to happen in the series at some point in time. Plus the discovery in the mines of Moria, as far as Mithril is concerned, was discovered as far as the dwarves are concerned. So your thoughts on this, my friend, as far as the episode itself, I know you didn't like the cliffhanger ending. Well, it just asks you to go ahead and come back next week, but were there at least some good parts of the episode that you enjoyed? Okay, so I didn't dislike the episode. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I still am enjoying the series. It just feels like because they're having to expand the story to cross so many episodes, there's just parts where it feels like the pacing is was off last night. Like, I didn't notice it with the first three episodes, but last night's episode really brought me back to reality and made me realize, like, oh, yeah, this is a show that's going to last, like, 12 episodes. It's going to be a show that's supposed to hopefully last five seasons, so right. got to stretch it out and at some point. I was along for the ride before, and, like, I didn't notice the time length of the episodes but last night i did and i was like this is too short you know i want to see more of this so i i don't know i guess that's cool. not a bad thing no it's not a bad thing but it'd just be cool to to see like extended cuts of the episodes like you could tell that there were things they filmed that they yeah. wanted to put in there but they they couldn't just because they didn't have enough time to do it you know that'll come out on the dvd <laughs> the extended versions i'd watch it i would watch it absolutely <laughs> just like the dvds themselves that originally back in the day actually the best way to watch the original movies that came out would be via the extended editions i'm just going to say that out loud but what are your thoughts out there on episode four of lord of the rings foreshadowing of what will happen to numenor and also as well the discovery in the minds of moria by the dwarves about finding some mithril the enchanted mithril indeed Oh, sorry. One more thought. Like Mithril. So weren't they mining Mithril when they accidentally like awoke that Balrog? Yeah, the fire demon Balrog thing. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to explain to my kids that last night. One is leading into the other. Yeah. They were mining for gold when they discover Mithril. And when now they are mining for Mithril when they discover Balrog. Yes. Yes. Okay. I just, yeah, I was. I was not too sure. I couldn't remember my Middle Earth mythology there, but that that makes sense. And then for, originally I thought that what was in that chest that the king was showing off, I thought that that was because weren't there there were stones like gems that were made with the light of the that tree from the elven homeland. I thought that that's what one of the dwarves had, but I guess it, it I was wrong on that one. No, it's one leading into the other, my friend. One leading into the other. Yes, yes. But what are your thoughts out there on Lord of the Rings Episode 4 and the series so far? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Before we hit the break, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about. Before we really get into some major Tokyo game show and video game talk on the backside of the show, wanted to hit you up with Halo Bonnie Ross, who was the head 
of 343 Studios, which has been responsible for overseeing the Halo universe for the past decade plus. She has left the company and Xbox entirely. She's due to other things. There's a lot of disarray going on right now in regards to the Halo property because ever since the release of Halo Infinite, which was a year late, which was still a sore point for me, everybody was saying, oh, it's a pretty good game as far as the results, pretty good as far as the multiplayer is concerned, pretty enjoyable experience. But since then, the follow-up as far as adding new content, adding new seasons, etc., etc., stuff that they promised that they've had to cancel out in regards to the split screen couch co-op is concerned, which has been a major staple, the Halo universe. They decided to go ahead and get that out of there. A lot of problems going on right now. The Halo universe in the past 15 years has not been handled the way I'd like to see it. Your thoughts on the Halo universe before we hit the break? Like seeing Bonnie Ross step down, it was unexpected. Like it's not something because like I had hopes you know i had hoped that they had a plan for like what was going to happen with infinite afterwards you know even at the tokyo game show i was hoping to see some kind of like announcement about like story dlc or even like hey the campaign or maybe footage from campaign co-op but um no not really yeah i guess that's not going to happen so it makes me wonder like infinite was a good entry i mean i didn't like halo okay a lot of the things that 343 has done with halo i have not liked you know they they opened up this new avenue with halo 4 like oh the forerunners i wanted to know more about what was going on with the forerunners and there's like a cool story to be told totally skipped over it in favor of novels and then halo 5 came out and it's just one of those like what in the world is this and now we have we're back to fighting the covenant again they look like a company right now that has this big franchise that people one time really loved and they've grown the universe so much that they don't know what to do with it next so now they're making all these promises that they can't fulfill it looks like it man because you know ever since halo infinite came out again and a year late it was supposed to be part of the Xbox Series X and S launch, and it unfortunately did not materialize. And I was very critical of 343 because of that. I was going to eat my words because it came out to pretty good acclaim. The mm-hmm. multiplayer came out and it really started to click with players. And yeah. then they just stopped supporting it. They stopped putting out stuff for it, putting out seasons, stopped putting out DLC and content. And they were focusing more on the halo universe as far as microtransactions and stop trying to go ahead and put in what's good and what people want in regards to halo like the split screen the announcement of the cancellation of couch co-op split screen was a big big turnoff for fans of halo yeah and this is one of those things where like i really hope that this is not happening because i at one time had so much fondness for the halo universe but now it doesn't really mean that much to me and from what i'm reading same here hearing and seeing it's like this is the death cry of a franchise that is about to fade into obscurity unless something is done to correct the course they're on 20 years ago halo was the franchise for the xbox universe 20 years later it's 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 something that xbox has grown beyond halo that's the problem i think right there right there are 10 years of my life that were 
I mean, some of my best memories were shaped by Halos 1 through 3. Yeah, same here, my friend. Same yeah. here. But what are your thoughts right now on the current state of the Halo universe? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, coming up next, it's Hamanish Goel talking about what's good and what's interesting about the future for the state of the box office, the state of the movie industry in India with the success of RRR and the possibility that India may become a major focus for the movie industry. He's going to talk about that, plus his thoughts on what could become the next breakout hits for India and where Bollywood will go next. That's coming up after the break. And then on the back end, Josh and I'll be talking about what you should be catching on the TV and the movies. Also as well, we're going to be talking about Tokyo Game Show and some major comments on Call of Duty. That's coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Wanted to talk just for a few minutes about what's going on internationally and abroad because... This past year, coming a little bit out of the pandemic, even though some areas are still adversely affected by it, the box office marketplace in China still has not fully gotten back to where Hollywood and the movie industry here in the United States is actually enjoying and prospering from it. A ton of films have not been approved for audiences in China so Hollywood is now looking into a different direction because of the success in other places with other movies, such as the box office industry in, in India. And the box office in, industry in India has gotten a big boost this year from movies such as RRR and more, with RRR now gaining a lot of worldwide acclaim. And if you actually read Variety last month, they actually did a cover story on RRR and the possibility that it might even be an Oscar contender, which would be a big sign for the Indian movie industry and Bollywood in general. So now that Hollywood is looking in another direction because not as many movies are being accepted for Chinese audiences, where do they look to now? They're now focused on the India box office. And here today to talk about everything going on with the Indian box office about a possible successor for RRR and why Hollywood is now looking at India. It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out whenever he's here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Hamanish Goel and Hamanish, you are always the man I come to when it concerns all things India. Your thoughts, the success of RRR leads a lot of studios in India to play catch up to try and find the magical elixir to go ahead and get that new RRR or whatever 
movie that they can go ahead and achieve that kind of worldwide success that RRR made. Great acclaim worldwide. Over $100 million worldwide at the box office. Your thoughts on a possible future for maybe a successor to the great movie that's received a lot of acclaim in RRR? I guess mostly from the success that RRR has gathered, it's definitely taken another huge step to kind of exploring other markets for within the Hollywood area. And it's, which is one of the reasons it's led to the new film that's come out for Mastra part one Shiva to get that type of reach in terms of screen wise everywhere. Everyone is now trying to meet up to the vision of now having more pan India films because India has so many religions. And so they want to put actors in every area so they can make a big film, which accommodates actors from every region possible. Right now, from what I'm seeing, KGF Chapter 2 and RR are still considered the top two movies of the year in India. And I know that The Cashmere Files is something that we talked about. It is still in the top five, but it's something right. that didn't resonate as far as to audiences worldwide the way it did in India. But still, you have those type of movies that are doing pretty good. And one of the things we talked about before was, is there a movie that's going to break out similar to what we've seen with all the movies and TV shows in South Korea that have exploded onto Netflix? And while RRR is the most successful worldwide of these movies, it's still nowhere near. It's just a drop in the bucket compared to a Squid Games or the incredible attorney yeah. Kimmy Woo. That is another yeah. sensational Netflix show that's been on the charts for weeks and weeks. Getting back to my final question for you today, and that is with the movie industry seeing severe limitations because especially with a lot of their movies not allowed to go ahead and be screened in China with new restrictions in place by China, not allowing a lot of movies to be seen. They are letting some go through like Jurassic World, Minions, but there's only a select few that are allowed to go ahead and go in there. Plus also as well, COVID is still, and the restrictions because of COVID is still very prominent in China, which is restricting the marketplace even more. Your thoughts now, because Hollywood is now paying much more attention on the large, vast potential audience in India. People in India, if the story is good, if the reviews are good, they will go. And when the audience in India comes, it does fill in a lot of tickets for everyone. So tell me about that. With Hollywood now paying a closer attention to the Indian box office marketplace because of what they cannot showcase anymore in certain countries around the world, including China. Tell me about the potential that India has as a country that can be relied upon for Hollywood to go ahead and showcase their wares. Because Top Gun Maverick has been a pretty good hit in that country this year so far. They have many opportunities with the amount of languages they can subtitle that film with. Subtitling it based off every language will make the Hollywood market earn more money than they've ever expected. But I can see Hollywood, because of the restrictions in China, because they were really, in the last decade, courting the Chinese audience, because it was eventually going to become, and it actually did become for a short period of time before the coronavirus hit, the biggest box office marketplace in the entire world. 
I can see them now because of the restrictions that they're now involving over the past couple of years as far as American films leaning towards a new market and the Indian market with its large, vast, growing population mm. is a big target and a growing target for them in the future. Yeah, that's true. Well said. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to emphasize the Indian culture and also as well the Indian marketplace and embrace that in the years going forward. But Hamanish, you've been a great guest as always. Any last thoughts before we head on out? I'm really looking forward to the Shershaw actor's upcoming film, Thank God, and his Yoda film. I'm looking forward to the Goodbye film. So hopefully fourth quarter will start to pay off for those losses we had in the summer. But if not, then... 2022 will officially be the worst for the Bollywood film industry. But I but don't know about that. I, I kind of disagree with that because with the worldwide notice that RR has gotten and the acclaim that it has gotten and the fact that it has become outside of India itself, one of the most popular Indian films, I probably have to disagree with that statement, even though, again, you have much more knowledge of that box office area than i do i'm just saying from a outsider's perspective i think the success and notoriety of rr as a bollywood film has given bollywood more positive attention outside of your country more than any other film before so yeah in terms of the three four films that i can't especially rrr that has definitely up the games for India's international market, especially with mm-hmm. pan-India film, India films coming out, which have, have not been doing well. But we would have to have a year, like 2018 and 2019, in order to convince the Hollywood market that, okay, they're a potential market. Because the amount of successful Bollywood films we had that year in 2018 was just out of the roofs. I remember having to go to the theater at least like 14 times or Actually, I'm bluffing. 18 at least. Because there were so many good films coming every month. And same thing with 2019. But it's just... 2021 wasn't so bad. We had we had a few good films come on Amazon Prime and Netflix. But I feel like the only like major films that we had that, one, that were good but one didn't do well and one did was the Suyarvanchi, um, the RRR, and... KGF Chapter 2 are the only kind of three films that made like the 200, 300 core. Well, okay. one of the main. And, and I get that. And I understand. The Casimir Files in certain areas of your country, I was tracking that, made a lot of money, and it is still in the top five overall as far as from your yeah. country is concerned. But I can tell you, from again, from an outsider's perspective, that notoriety and newsworthy, you know, in the years before, I can tell you the media – has really just blown off and and just disregarded movies from India and the Bollywood market in general. They just discarded it as whatever you want to say. I'm just going to tell you now that this year, reading the trade papers and following the trade papers that I do, that I have to do for Pop Culture Cosmos, because I report on what's going on on Facebook, on Pop Culture Cosmos every single day. For the first time in a long time, I have seen more than one movie from India being represented, being talked about in a positive light, in a positive fashion, on a worldwide global basis. There may be suspect as far as where is it popular within India, but I will tell you for sure that it's at least it's a positive sign that these films are being talked about in a positive light and at all 
outside of a Indian oh. audience. And that to me, I think is a positive step. And I think it just shows that now that the movie industry is now starting to take the Indian box office a lot more seriously than it did before. Huh. Well, I guess, I guess if we, if suppose all the films that we have this year flop, I guess that would be a biggest achievement from 2022 then. I didn't know that. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, I can just tell you that when these trade papers like Hollywood reporter variety deadline, they start talking about these movies from India for the first time that I can remember in a long time, I'm sure they have before with some other films, but really to the extent that they did earlier this year when these films were actually out in major releases, then to me, it's a positive sign. And it's going to be, at some point in time, there's going to be a breakout hit from India that's going to go ahead and expand on a worldwide audience like nothing ever before. I think it's just a matter of time. So hoping that not only for India that they will find that breakout hit, but that the movie industry as a whole can go ahead and find an audience in India that can, they can go ahead and rely on going forward. So I hope it's a good two-way street. I, I guess just one one more thought. I wish Andadun would have come during this year because that would have become the that would have definitely become the breakout hit. If you ever have time, you should definitely watch that film because any person can relate to that film. I'm not even joking. It's I don't I don't even want to spoil the film because it's too good to be spoiled because just the way the directors directed it. And that the guy who acted was Ayushman Kukurana. He has a he has a film coming out called Action Hero, and it's giving that similar vibe to me. So hopefully, let's hope that that sort of theme works. I don't know when it's coming out, but I don't know. It can, sometimes it just ends up becoming another film that we don't expect. So I <laughs> I wish the film that came out in 2018 came out next year, but um, we'll that's see. Past. We'll see what happens, but once again, it's Hamanish Goel. I appreciate you giving us some insight on the marketplace in India and it's all that's going on as Hollywood is now gaining a larger eye on the Indian box office. And going forward, the Indian box office hopefully will have some creative hits out there that can reach to a worldwide audience to the level of, let's say, a Squid Game's or any of the other big hits that are out there, Money Heist, or any of the other big hits that have exploded onto the worldwide marketplace. So I'm hopeful, and I'm optimistic that the Indian marketplace and Bollywood can go ahead and really be that place that can go ahead and thrive in the coming years. So Mm -hmm. looking forward to my friend. Truly appreciate it. Once again, it's Hamanish Goel. Please go ahead and check him out whenever he stops by here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back to close out the shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to thank once again Hamanish Gowell for talking about the current state of the entertainment industry in India. Before we head on out, my friend, wanted to go ahead and mention that there were some comments that you and I actually were DMing each other back and forth for 
in regards to Call of Duty and the future of Call of Duty. It was said in and around the time of Tokyo Game Show that was happening, which Sony no-showed, which was kind of surprising, especially after the PlayStation State of Play last week. But the CEO for the U.S. side for PlayStation, Jim Ryan, commented about his displeasure about Call of Duty eventually or possibly, in fact, it most likely will not be staying on the platform a few years after its current contract is released. So Xbox and Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, has said that the Call of Duty platform will stay on a part to it will finish the contract it has with PlayStation. It will stay on a few years after, but will not guarantee anything beyond that, which tells everybody that says that I think that that there, there's going to be a day where Call of Duty games will be released not for the PlayStation platform. Jim Ryan has taken exception to this. Your thoughts on this, because I have some pointed comments on this myself. Okay, first of all, let me just say no offense to Melinda, all right? I know she's a huge PlayStation fan. Absolutely, and I know that this is like, this is like the, the whole PlayStation community is so toxic, you know? And I know like Microsoft has its, you know, its its thorns in the side too, but like this is like, if they want to guarantee that these games from like Activision and Bethesda will not release on Sony, yeah, keep making comments like this because... Phil Spencer has also gone on the record to say that they will continue to distribute to PlayStation if it makes sense. You know, I think I don't think Microsoft is dumb enough to be like, oh, hey, we make a butt ton of money distributing games to the PlayStation. So let's just stop doing that. Like, it, it, it literally makes no sense. And like just Jim Ryan's comments are it's like a, a little baby not getting what he wants, you know, just making random assumptions. I don't foresee Call of Duty being pulled off of PlayStation. I don't foresee Elder Scrolls being not released on PlayStation. I can see Starfield being an exclusive, but I think it's going to be a timed exclusive. PlayStation gatekeeps games where I don't see Microsoft doing that because Microsoft likes to make money. Well, I say at some point they're going to have to go ahead and be exclusive. And all respects and all apologies to Melinda. You know, when you spend $69 billion on a company, you should make some exclusives that people are going to want and people are going to go want to play. And if Call of Duty eventually gets on the side of Xbox and stays on the side of Xbox and PC, I think that's not a bad thing. I don't, you know, if PlayStation fans are upset about this, I'm sorry. It just... PlayStation fans are, have to understand that there are PlayStation exclusives that will never reach an Xbox platform. So mm-hmm. if they if Xbox players want to play it, they have to buy a PlayStation platform and vice versa. Call of Duty is currently the most popular game on PlayStation and it sells more on PlayStation than any other than any other platform. I get right. it. So you're right. You don't want to throw away that kind of money now. But at some point in time, if you really want Xbox to go ahead and swing the momentum and people really get into Xbox Games Pass and the whole nine yards. If you really want to go ahead and switch the console race on its head, you are going to have to make a dramatic move like that in order to go from number three to number one. Right, right. You know, but like I said, they also want to make money. You know, and Phil Spencer said, if it makes sense, we will continue to distribute to these platforms. 
that's something that Sony, if the shoe was on the opposite foot, Phil Spencer would not be crying the way that Jim Ryan is. And if also like they would not like they they would just be like, okay, well, we'll we'll figure it out. You know, Sony has always gone out of their way to to you know go to people like Square and say, like, hey, we want to make sure that this game stays exclusive to this platform. And then you know, once the sales start dipping, then they see that like, oh, people are so willing to dump Sony to play like a Final Fantasy game on the Xbox, right? With the release of 10 to 10 in the 10 2 package, Final Fantasy Zodiac, whatever it is, gamers go and they gravitate towards these games on the Xbox. So it's like this, this constant like, oh, hey, we can't lose with grace here, you know? And I think that that's always going to be an issue for Sony because they're going it's going to be their comments that guarantee comments like this that guarantee that things that microsoft has control over will that it's going to guarantee that microsoft will be unwilling to play ball with sony because they've created such a hostile environment the cross play issue was a big issue and playstation's reluctance to go ahead and play ball with that i think that took a lot of gamers the wrong way but playstation is still with nintendo you know, the highest platforms in the industry. Xbox still, even after all this time, is a nice number three, a good selling number three, a very strong number three. But the thing is, they're still number three. And again, I understand it's always not about console numbers. That's what they say on the front. It's just about how many people can we get to go ahead and subscribe to Xbox Games Pass. I get that. But at some point in time, you want to go ahead and build your platform as the platform for gamers to go to. So you are going to have to make tough choices. So if it means keeping Starfield as an exclusive, or if it means keeping some of these games that you have now in your library with Activision Blizzard or Bethesda as a exclusive, then you're just going to have to do that because PlayStation would do no less if they could. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, they wouldn't even hesitate to do that. What I'm thinking is going to happen, I think they're waiting until they get the Xbox apps built into the TVs. And then I can't wait for Samsung. I can't wait for that. Yeah, to where you don't need a console. And I think when that happens, I think they're gonna just steamroll Sony. There's they're gonna be there's gonna be no mercy left because now if gamers just have a PlayStation, all they gotta do is turn the app on on their TV to play Xbox. Absolutely. I'm looking so forward to that because I know they're working with Samsung on providing that to newer televisions like mine. So I'm looking forward to that. I know a lot of people are as well, but again, we're siding with Xbox on this issue simply because of the fact that, again, they, they spent almost $70 billion. You got to be able to go ahead and start putting out some exclusive things with all that money to make your platform the best platform for gamers. So we'll see what happens, but this constant Call of Duty issue is still out there with Modern Warfare 2 that's on the way citing new features looking pretty good in its multiplayer right now in the open beta on playstation ironically of all things so we want to hear your thoughts on the future of call of duty would you be accepting of the fact that if it just went to an exclusive on xbox and the xbox games pass let us know your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com Leading into what we were talking about as far as the Tokyo Game Show, not a whole lot was brought out. Again, Sony was a no-show for it. Xbox was there. They're trying hard to still court that audience, which they've been a severe number three in. But some things were shown off at the Tokyo Game Show nonetheless. Some decent things like Wolong, The Fallen Dynasty. That looks like it's a really good game coming out. 
They showed off some things as far as Street Fighter VI. So was there anything at Tokyo Game Show this year that really impressed you? I know we've been critical of Tokyo Game Show in the past, but it seemed like it was a pretty good show overall. Yeah, you know what I really liked was the uh, the, the onslaught of Yakuza games that are coming out. Like I, Those games always, like I like them because they remind me of like an old romp on a PS2 game. You know, just like they... At heart, they look like they remind me of the PlayStation 2, and like I always love that era of gaming. But I've been in and out of that series for a while, and I'm seeing all this stuff. I'm like, this this looks fun because now they like they've gone through their paces. They know what the gamers want. Like a Dragon was a great game, so now they're kind of like, okay, well let's let's have some fun with this, and it's making me want to go back to it. Also, really excited about going back to Star Ocean. Like that's an that's an unexpected. I know they, they've talked about that for a while. It was kind of an unexpected drop there and, uh, you know, showing the gameplay and all that. So I'm excited about that one. And also God of War, of course, I'm excited to play that one. Absolutely. But, yeah, not a whole lot shown off by Sony. It was more Nintendo and a lot of Xbox at the show and obviously a lot of third parties. So still a good time indeed. And, again, uh, something that is looking a little bit brighter for the Tokyo Game Show going forward. Again, we've been very critical of it in the past, but... I'm glad to see that Tokyo Game Show is now treated again like it once was as a serious part of the gaming scene. So big props for the Tokyo Game Show this year. But what are your thoughts? Did you catch anything good at the Tokyo Game Show this year? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, we're almost through another fantastic episode. But before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and give big props to Viola Davis on the fact that she did such a great job with The Woman King, which is the number one movie at the box office here in the U.S., garnering a much more than expected $20 million at the U.S. box office. A-plus cinema score. Great word of mouth on this film. Very good. Very happy for her because she's such a great actress. She's She plays Amanda Waller really effectively in all the DC stuff and the Suicide Squad stuff that she does. So really looking forward to getting a chance to catching the woman king myself. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and give people not only that as far as an idea to what to watch this week, but also as well, The Handmaid's Tale, this critically lauded series, which is going to be ending with season six. Season five dropped this weekend. Atlanta, which is in its final season with Donald Glover doing a tremendous job on one of the best shows on television as well. That dropped as well. You can catch those shows on FX and Hulu as far as respectively for Atlanta and The Handmaid's Tale. I also wanted to mention before we head on out that there's a return of a show almost 30 years in the making as Quantum Leap heads back into primetime on NBC on Monday. just want to make mention that going head-to-head against the crossover event for NCIS. So that's a big, tall task indeed. It does not include, at this time, any involvement with the original Quantum Leaper himself, being Scott Bakula, ironically, of NCIS New Orleans as well. He is not involved in this project, but he wished it well. Raymond Lee from Top Gun Maverick will play the lead role, hopping from time period to time period once again. So if you're nostalgic for the old quantum leap show go ahead and check out this new version coming at you this week on mpc and last but not least is john ham in a limited released movie that's now also out on digital 
The Return of Fletch. It's gotten mediocre reviews. It's called Confess Fletch. Okay reviews on it, I should say. Metacritic is right now in the 60s. It's a return to a character which I once really loved as far as from Chevy Chase in that original Fletch movie and which I didn't in Fletch Lives, which was an absolutely horrid movie. Went from really, 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 really good to really, 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 really bad. It's the kind of... It it's the kind out. of movie. Well, let's let me just say this: Fletch Lives. It's the kind of movie that kills the IP for three decades, as this did. But any last thoughts on Confess Fletch or Handmaid's Tale or so Atlanta? I haven't watched any of these shows. I've seen the first like couple episodes of Atlanta, and I didn't stop watching because I didn't like it. It's just too many other things going on at the time. But yeah, I was actually like kind of excited about Fletch, but now you're telling me it's not even worth watching. So no, I said a Fletch lives is absolutely horrible. Confess okay. Fletch is the latest one with John Hamm reprising the role that was once made famous by Chevy Chase in the outstanding Fletch okay. movie. The original Fletch movie is a killer, funny movie. Confess yeah. Fletch has gotten pretty good reviews, like okay reviews around the 60s. So it's gotten acceptable movies. You know, comedies these days are roasted by the critics all the time. So yeah. any comedy in the 60s has got to be at least considered for your times as far as a few chuckles is concerned. But it's not being released in wide audiences as far as movies, only like five, 600 theaters here in the U.S., but mainly a, a straight to digital movie. So any thoughts on it before we head on out? No, I mean, I, I want to watch. I didn't even realize there were three Fletch movies. Like, this is news to me. So This is the third one, by the way. Okay, yes. so don't watch the second one. I, I've only seen the first one, which was a really yes. funny movie. So that's that why I was you hoping that. Say, yes, this keep it there. Maybe okay. give this one a chance. Don't watch Fletch Lives. Don't watch Fletch okay. Lives. Okay, all right. Yes. Well, that's good. that's good to know. So now I won't go. I mean, it's not... No, no skin off my back because I didn't even know it existed. But yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm still gonna watch. Yeah, this I think one the on, studio on and Chevy Chase don't want to want to say the same thing. Okay, all right. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll still watch this new one. Okay, so I just yeah, all right. I'll check it out and then I'll give you my thoughts next week. Absolutely, it'd be interesting to see what kind of new take we can get on the Fletch character. But yes, confess Fletch. It's now available out on digital for most people. There's a limited release for it, so if you want to catch it in theaters, go for it. But right now, it's easily accessible on digital, so check it out today, Confess Fletch. So what are your thoughts out there? Are you going to be catching the final season of Atlanta, the next to final season for The Handmaid's Tale, Confess Fletch, which is available out on digital and in limited theaters, or also as well, are you going to catch The Woman King with Viola Davis, which is the number one movie at the box office here in the States? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough, as always, for being a part of it. Any last thoughts before we head on out? No, I'm, I mean, I hope they release some uh, story beats on Blade Runner 2099 here soon, but that was probably the highlight of the week, even more so than Constantine. Absolutely. See? I know you, my friend. I was so happy to, to go ahead and share the thoughts on Constantine, and you... You heard the thoughts on Blade Runner 2099. We're Blade Runner through and through. Nice. I knew I liked you for some reason. <laughs> nice. Yeah. This, this is why we're we're this is why we're friends. Absolutely. In fact, you know, some people could even say we've been talking about Blade Runner for six years now. So Yeah. Yeah, for real. Absolutely. So please, everybody out there, when it comes around, we'll let you know. We will let <laughs> We will definitely let you know yes. when Blade Runner 2099 comes around. We'll definitely let you know on that. 
So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.